Hello, and thank you for listening to the Seattle Podcasters Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Rigdon. This is the show that interviews Seattle area podcasters about their podcast, why they make it, how they make it, and podcasting in general. On this episode of the show, I have Seth Seppla of Dented Dimension. I'm not sure if I can really describe what Dented Dimension is. It is a fictional podcast, but beyond that, it's almost indescribable. I can tell you that it is personally one of my favorite podcasts. So it was a real thrill to be able to talk to Seth about his show. It was a really great interview and I really, really enjoyed it. But before we get to the interview, I have this quick message. If you're listening to this show, you are probably a fan of podcasting and you probably appreciate local content. So I might have something interesting for you. I've made this list. It's a list of podcasts of Seattle area podcasts. This list is intended to be a complete catalog of every podcast from the Seattle area. We have hundreds of podcasts on there right now. So if you're looking for more locally produced independent media, this list is for you. You can find the list at seattlepodcasters.com slash list. Like I said, there's hundreds of podcasts on this list and we even have categories. I've got categories for food and drink, civics and politics. We've got geek culture. We've got a section for D&D. There are just so many awesome shows on there. Please check it out. Once again, it's at seattlepodcasters.com slash list. And remember, this is supposed to be a complete list. So if you have a podcast or if you know someone who does have a podcast and they're not on the list, please contact me as soon as possible and I will add them. So one more time to find hundreds of local podcasts, just go to seattlepodcasters.com slash list. And if you don't remember, there's going to be a link, of course, in the show notes. On this episode, I have Seth Seppla of Dented Dimension. How are you doing? Me? Oh, I'm doing good, man. So it's like a Friday afternoon at four. So everyone left the office. I'm in my office right now. So it's it's awesome. We've got a three-day weekend, dude. Can't be uh, can't really be, be better than that, man. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Sure. So could you tell our listeners just a little bit about your podcast? Sure. And like, I, man, I'm like really bad at, at this part. I know that I should have like some sort of like... I don't know, elevator pitch for my show, but it's like really impossible to kind of describe. I guess, uh, man, I don't know. It's like if like steroid addled weightlifters wrote a sketch comedy program, but also, I don't know, they had been, I don't know, failed out of grade school or at the same time. So like put like Monty Python, like Captain Beefheart, Frank Zappa, and like Terry Southern, you know, the writer who wrote like for Dr. Strange Love in a Bag and like subtract 60 IQ points or something like that. It's it's something like that along those lines. And it, so it's a fictional story though. Yeah. So it's going to be, uh, yeah, just really, um, it's a fictional podcast with real brain problems um, shouted at you um, at the top of your lungs. So I want it to be, I don't know, something that's always engaging you at 11 out of 10, um, you know, as per spinal tap, like a hundred percent of the time, I want it to be over the top every second for the entire, um, the entire show. So yeah, it's, it's like fictional um, and, and just kind of like just full bore. And how long have you been doing the show? Just about 13 months now. I think I, I started in December of 2017. And how many episodes have you put out? Now they're, I mean, I'm up to 20, 23 is going to be, uh, my 23rd episode is going to be on, on Monday. It's going to be coming out. And what motivated you to start this show? Oh man, I, I've just been, um, I've been writing. Well, I've always, you know, fancied myself a writer. And then, um, you know, when I actually began writing and like submitting a bunch of, uh, like short stories and things of that nature, um, to like, uh, literary magazines and getting rejected from everyone. It's just like a, a different reincarnation of that. So I did that for a few years and then stopped per, you know, Charles Bukowski. I stopped for, I don't know, a, a number of years and then got back into it just when I got into podcasting. I think um, I started listening to what people were putting out there. I'm like, you know, I, I can do that. And I like writing. So this is kind of my offering, I guess, to, uh, to that space, if that's an answer or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and had you done any podcasts before this one? I had not. No, no, I, I try, I tried to, um, do like a, a narrative and it, 
See, you, as you'll probably tell during this interview, it's like I'm not good at extemporaneous speaking. I, I really suck at that. I started trying to do um, – I'm really into history. So I started trying to, to make um, a, like a narrative of palace architecture from like the first palaces, like the Palace of Knossos, right, um, in uh, the, the Mycenaean culture. Um, and then – all the way through like the Roman palace, blah, 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 blah. So I was like reading all these architectural and um, archaeological uh, books and things like that to get ready for my first episode. It was going to be on the palace of Canoso, so I might be pronouncing it wrong. I don't know. But I just couldn't even do it. I mean, I, I started talking like this and I kept re- you know, going back and making mistakes and just messing up. And like, there's no way on earth I would get through more than like two sentences at a time. And I have to splice together so much stuff. It just wasn't happening. Um, so I tried, I, I tried to do that and I was so abortive. I didn't even get through, um, you know, a fifth of one episode before going back to the drawing board and just realizing I had to go and rely completely on, on, on writing, um, and then, and scripting out stuff completely. But then you decided to do a podcast that like was very highly produced. You've got like actors, people doing voices and scripts. Oh yes. Yeah. I mean, that's just, um, that uh, <laughs> everything is like so complicated, I guess with me, man. Um, so the initial idea before I got into like, try to do the narrative one is, uh, I, I, I I read a David Mamet play. I'm into reading plays. And I read a um, a play of his that he wrote um, for the PBS in like the late 70s. I think it was called, I think it was called The Shawl. Because I was going through a bunch of his different plays. But this one wasn't for, a, you know, a live production. It was for, um, it was called an ear play for PBS. And I just started reading. I think it had like Jeff Goldblum and a number of other kind of like minor names at the time. Um, and I started reading it and it was like about this train, you know, the, the scene was like a train going through um, the old West in like the 1880s, 3 a.m. in the morning. So it was like really atmospheric. It was just his ability to just make a situation and add sound effects. I mean, you could read out all the, the stagings and things like that. It was, I mean, it was just speaking my language. Um, I was like, I mean, I can do that. I mean, I want to do that. That seems like that would be like fun. Not only, I mean, I want to do that. I, I, I know my my brain is capable of making that. It sounds awesome. So that's why I wanted to do. Um, and then I ended up writing uh, a, a project called The Russian Bear. And it was a, um, I don't know, about a 30, I worked it out in my mind. It would have been like a 30 minute kind of play involving four or five different voices, different people in it. Um, and I think that I bought a bunch of just podcasting equipment and stuff, um, recording equipment. And I tried to get, some of my friends to record it with me live. We printed out um, paper copies of the script and everything like that and tried to record it on two mics with four, with doubling up on the mics and things like that. And I recorded, I knew nothing about what I was doing and uh, recorded four people on two mics from paper copies of the script all on one track. And it was just like, an I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. It was it ended up being a nightmare. It was just way too complex uh, for um, for my ability at that point. So I kind of like put that on hiatus, forgot about it, then went with tried to do that one um, uh, palace kind of <laughs> architecture podcast, and it's just like embarrassing you even say that, and um, and realized I had to go back to um, writing but I had to take it back to square one. So as I wasn't ready to make like a production, I had to take it back to a monologue based um, kind of ranting. It's just me um, reading off script and then interdispersed, interdispersed with um, like explosions, which is you, you can hear if like episodes like one to, I don't know, five or six. It's just me shouting crazy stuff with explosions put in the middle of it. And it just got more complex from there. And I began working um into creating space creating scenes adding more sound effects then adding people gradually until now i'm actually doing what i originally kind of envisioned it's probably about 12 10 to 12 people per um podcast at this point they're run about 10 to 15 minutes and they're they're really complex the scenes just go into each other and um yeah i'm you know when I look back on it now, I'm finally doing what I kind of set out to do and I don't know where we're going to go from here, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's very, very unique. I'd forgotten about those first episodes and kind of how the show had evolved and the flavor kind of changed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's really organic. Yeah. Yeah. So what have been the biggest challenges of producing this podcast? Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I have so much fun that I, I don't really think that it's that it, that challenging. Just getting people, getting like you know adults to show up, um, it, it, scheduling humans and scheduling humans' time is is really hard. I mean, a couple of people are super great. Yourself, because um, I you know once I started making contact with you, I was like, hey, I mean. If you like it, I mean, please, I mean, do you want to be in it? I mean, I'm always looking for voices. So just getting people's time, getting people to come and show up, uh, recording and cut their, uh, cut their lines is, um, which I do individually. I find that I have the best kind of um, control over everything that way. But th- that's, that's probably the biggest problem. Apart from that, I mean, but even that is, that's kind of frustrating. Um, but when people show up, it's a lot of fun. I mean, writing, it's fun. Recording, it's fun. And then, you know, editing it together is a lot of fun. It's really satisfying all the way around. I don't have too many complaints. What's really interesting about your show, or at least the production side, is about how most podcasts are much more kind of freeform, whereas yours is so much more mm-hmm. structured on the production side. You really have to have things planned it has out. has to be. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it would be such a disaster if I tried to wing anything. Like I've, I've heard you, I mean, a lot of people, they have this innate ability to talk and um, especially, I mean, it sounds like I'm doing well because you're probably um, doing a, a good way, of, a good job of guiding me through the funnel. But if I actually had something that I wanted to say, like I wouldn't be able to make up a way to say it. I, I don't say, please follow us on Facebook, blah, 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 at the beginning or end, because every time I try to do that, like it takes longer than having someone in and read all their lines. I mean, cause I keep having to redo it. Like, no, nah, that's not right. No, that's not right. No, that's not right. And it's like, you know what? I'm, I can't even do this. Forget it. I'm not even putting it on there. So it has for me. I mean, it has to be scripted because I will mess up anything that's not, I am a writer. I'm not a performer. And how long does it take to write a script for one episode? I'd say, man, um, I don't know. It varies since I, uh, <laughs> I, I do this at work. So I, um, you know, I do my writing probably, probably takes a couple weeks, uh, writing maybe an hour or two a day, um, to get the first draft. And then over the next couple weeks, I will get the first draft to a second and third draft. So it probably takes another week of going another two weeks of going over it to actually get it hammered out and ready for actually people to, uh, to, to read it. So maybe, maybe a month, or something like that, just to be, to, if I was saying, if I was giving myself a, uh, a time frame in my mind, I would probably schedule out three weeks to a month to get something ready. And where do you draw your inspiration from? I mean, you have a, your, your episodes are so multi-layered and have so many references. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that, uh, I started with some high, <laughs> I guess the threshold has gotten much lower Um, or maybe I've just gotten into a groove or something like that. But at the beginning, I really wanted to make it um, cerebrally or maybe um, what is it conceptually like really uh, interesting or something like that. um, What was it? I'd like to like take ideas that I could actually pre- misquote people from time like historians and like historic sources and stuff i don't even know what I'm t- the hell i'm trying to say i guess i uh i I, tr- I started out trying to have like really elaborate ideas and i wouldn't go forward with a script unless i thought it was like the, the, the core kind of idea and the base for it was like super interesting and engaging and really like i don't know like oh man that's a novel idea at this point it's like i just want people shouting at each other that's kind of like just go off that. And then like they just write themselves. Um, but I don't know, maybe I can go a little bit too far on that and like having not enough ideas to actually um, fuel it through. But um, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting more into the spirit of things. But if, like, if I can start out with like a really ridiculous kind of situation, it will just write itself. and I don't worry too much. I just kind of pick a spot to begin and just go. And then um, the process will make a beginning, middle and an end. It'll just work out. Yeah, it works out. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this show. And do you run any ads or ask for donations? Um, so, uh, no. Well, yes and no. I mean, there's a couple. I, number one, I, I, I don't have a big enough audience to like ask for any sort of donations. I mean, I imagine that if in 20 years' time, if there's like tens or 100,000 people that listen to this show, you know, maybe I'll ask for like a donation. But um no, I, I don't. I, I don't do anything like that. Um, as for ads, yeah, I've. Uh, what I do is, um, since I like, you know, I, I, I like the idea of designing everything. 
Um, and my conceptual kind of idea before I even had a podcast, like I wanted, like I wanted to write not only the uh, like the storyline, I wanted to like write like ads, but have fake ads in them. And I do that now, but the the way I was envisioning it, like I wanted like to have like fake. Pro- I would make a product up and like have a fake ad for the fake product. Um, and I I don't know. I think that 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 idea sounds a lot better than it actually is because that'd be kind of like stupid. You know, I think I've seen that in like cartoons. It's not as, it's not, it, the, the idea sounds like it's, it's, it would be cooler than um, actually just making a spoof ad just, which is what I do now. I just, uh, I try to put like a, I don't know, just like a spoof ad for one of the basic podcasts, the you know, standard kind of podcast as you hear. Um, and it's, it's like spoof. And I think I've had um, like gobble and blue apron and, um, uh, wink uh, on the last episode and there's probably like a half dozen or maybe even more it might be seven or eight of them right now so I kind of um, am giving up on ever becoming sponsored by anyone just because I'm I'm running through everyone that could possibly sponsor me and like ruining my chances with that so I imagine I'll have a cease and desist before I ever get sponsored <laughs> yeah that, that could be I think I wonder about um, there's a guy who does uh, behind the bastards and he always claims that the show is kind of sponsored by Doritos and then he stopped for a while and I'm pretty sure he what's behind the bastard oh, it's a great show where he just picks a bastard and then just talks about the person's history so the last uh, thing is a <laughs> three-part episode about Mark Zuckerberg and like he's got one on like, okay. Alex Jones and just uh, Paul Manafort all oh, the no. horrible people <laughs> like I think he's got one like a Napoleon yeah it's, it's really great stuff where he digs into history usually has like a couple comedians with him and then they just talk about how horrible this person is it's usually way worse than you ever thought <laughs> nice and what he always says he's sponsored by Dor- doritos yeah so they'll talk about like doritos and he'll eat doritos and he'll say about how it's his favorite chip and then one day he just stopped and i was like oh i wonder if they gave him like a cease and desist letter where you know we don't want to be associated <laughs> with this <laughs> you must have a big enough letter like one of the other dudes that's like was one of my fa- or uh one of the biggest supporters of my show he's been like almost every single one that I've asked him to do, um, he's he's come on and, and done it. But he's like, yeah, man. Whenever you get your first cease and desist, dude, you're gonna, you're gonna you'll know you've made it. Like, so if anyone <laughs> reaches out to me and tells me to stop, I'm gonna I'm gonna be very excited on that day. So that that is a good milestone because it's not something you control. And it's totally <laughs> yeah, attainable. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. No kidding. Is it like wink or anything like that? Or actually, someone actually is listening. That means I have a larger audience than five people, which I probably am <laughs> at right now. So where do you host your actual files? Um, man, um, this is the kind of element that I'm not good at. I, I think that it's SoundCloud. Um, okay. That's the one that what doesn't like link with what, Spotify or something like that. I'm not on Spotify, so I'm thinking it's like SoundCloud. Okay. So yeah, I, I think have to so. like, figure out how to like change that. It's just, ugh, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to actually changing it to um, a more kind of effective thing like marketing uh, and you know, the actual technical side of it is like, I'm just not, I'm not good at it. It's kind of a headache to me. And for SoundCloud, how has that experience been of hosting on SoundCloud? Um, I don't know. Since I have nothing really to gauge off of, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Since I'm not, um, I'm not on Spotify, I guess that that's the only big complaint that I have. I'm not, I'm not sure if course if I was on, that would make it even a, a big difference to me at all at this point. Um, so, you know, I, I, I have no real complaints. I think that the, from looking at other users and users in their comments and stuff, I think that um, a lot of times they don't know like, just getting metrics on listens and things like that are kind of like inaccurate. That That's pretty much it. It's kind of chintzy. And so how do you record your episodes? Does anybody record remotely? No, I've tr- I tried to do that once. I hired an actor from LA and um, they sent me a sound file uh, and it just didn't go in the mix. So I tried to record every- everyone live. In fact, everyone every um, everyone has made it into uh, one of my podcasts. I, mean, I recorded live um, and I just you know, recorded everyone individually because that's, again, I, I, after that kind of abortive attempt to record th- four different people on two mics and one channel. I just try to record everyone on one channel and then I can cut up their, uh, you know, I can go through everyone's kind of recording session and pick out the parts that I, I like the best um, and then cut that up and, uh, and then put that into, you know, the kind of formwork of the conversation. So I have the most control over the timing and such like that. But yeah, it's just one by one, have someone come in, read through the script. It usually takes maybe 
20 to 30 minutes on average. I mean, you've done it a couple of times. We've had you, you know, shouting things over and over and over a lot of times it, uh, you know, there, they can be complex sentences and stuff. So you just need to get, uh, into like the kind of feeling of it, get, go through it a few times and just keep on doing it and do it in different, different ways, kind of get different people's feeling for, uh, you know, the different lines and stuff like that. So that seems like maybe a kind of a unique way of doing these kinds of shows where we have like characters is I think usually they are all oftentimes, at least when people are interacting, there's the, the, the two people that are interacting are together, but you're doing it just one person at a time. Yeah. I think that that's going to be, um, this is like the timing aspect of it. If I had, man, I, number, number one, I think is just, again, going back to like, People, once they have jobs and stuff like that and commitments, getting two people's calendars, it's hard enough to get someone to come in for 20 minutes and record their lines, getting two people to have their calendars sync. And then for that to even be uh, beneficial, you'd have to actually have people going over and rehearsing their lines if you actually wanted them to come and do them together. So then they'd have to like, not only would you have to sync two people's calendars up, which would be harder than just getting one person to come in, you'd have to actually get them to vote time to like reading lines um, for something you're not being paid for. And yeah, I don't know. That's just, that would be so, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's happening. Um, and most people that come in haven't even read the script. I mean, I send them the script and then they're like, yeah, I haven't even read this. Like, don't even worry about it. So if people are coming in, not even reading the script, I bet trying to get someone to do that and practice, it would just be a pointless. Um, so, and, and also I think that, uh, Doing it live with two or more people would really mess up the timing too. Would, I would be relinquishing control that I have by recording everyone separately um, to really get each interaction as close as I want. Um, if I can put it that that way, again, I'm not very good explain you know describe explaining myself verbally. Um, that's why I write everything. But you know, this should be. I'm trying to make it as an, an assault on your ears and. Um, each scene I want stacked so close to the, the other scene, each conversation, each reply, I want stacked so close that, you know, if someone did a live, I don't know if it would be as good as me having two voices I can put in any way and rearrange in any way um, that I like. Because a lot of times in post-production, since it's so um, so detailed and it takes a lot, so elaborate, um, a lot of times I'll rearrange the, you know, the screenplay or whatever, not the screenplay, but you know, the audio play um, and come up with a completely different pattern and even a completely different ending or resolution just by working with what I got. Like, well, as I intended it in my head, didn't really, that doesn't really work very well. And then I try to rearrange stuff like, well, that's way better. Um, you can't, you wouldn't be able to do that if you're just recording live. So I think that, or two people live. So I think again, it's a freedom that I can use or, like have with manipulating um, singly recorded people is it's much is much better. Well, it's a great example of using a perceived weakness as a strength. You know, a lot of people, well, like you said, you want to do these shows and you want to get a whole group of people together, but it's super super hard. Oh yeah, but but you've made it work, like by figuring out a way to hack that kind of. Yeah, it's like that's just come. That's an it's grown organically. I don't know what we're gonna do uh, moving on in the future, but yeah, that's like. It's just, again, it's bringing me back from square one where I just had to bring it back to just monologues. And then like, well, what if I add one more person, then we record it separately. And then what about two? It's just, it, it, there's no master plan. It's just as, as I go, what's the easiest way of doing things. And it just so happens that the easiest way of doing things also gives the, the greatest amount of control. So yeah, it's one of those things. So you've got all these separate recordings about how much time does it take to produce a final episode like the post-production no um so once uh, it i mean it depends on how things come together like anything i mean some things you know you have a, a piece that writes itself and then you record it and then like oh my god it all goes together as well too it's like it's like i envisioned it and it's all good it's not all terrible i thought that um uh like the last one uh, the re reptilians one came together pretty well. There's some stuff in the middle that I wasn't super happy with, but by and large, I was pretty happy. That was that was pretty effortless. Um, the one I'm doing now is is more of an uphill struggle. I'm really proud of it. Um, I think that it's more complex. But uh, you know, after you get everyone recorded, and I left for what Cincinnati in the middle of it, so I record half the people at the beginning, then I left 
for holiday, um, then came back, recorded the other half of the people, had to drive to Spokane to record someone <laughs> because uh, one of my actors dropped out. So I had to go record someone else, but rent a car, go to Spokane, record them, come back. Once all that stuff's done, then I don't know. It's yeah, on a, on a good one that all goes together, maybe 30 hours. This one's probably pushing 60 hours or something like that, because I've had to rethink everything like multiple times for multiple scenes. So I would imagine a spread of maybe 30 to 60 hours or something like that. Wow. That, that's quite a lot. Like I know lots of people are interested in making kind of fictional podcasts kind of like this. And I think that they underestimate the amount of time that it takes to produce. Yeah, but it's what what you want to do. It's, I mean, I'm sure that you could do a podcast where, you know, it's fictional and you spend way less time and it could be way more successful because you have, I don't know, you actually have a theme that actually is nailed down to a, a specific audience or something like that. I mean, it's just, this is just purely where I want to go with it and my, my own standards and what exactly I'm trying to do. And um, it's really also not, geared to any specific audience so there's no audience for it but like it just makes me i just want to make sure that it's hitting exactly what i want to do so and it that's that's just going to take as long as it takes and what software do you use to edit um right now i'm you i think this is the last this episode is going to be the uh the last episode this one's coming out it's called the time machine um using audacity um and then i'm going to be beginning to use um uh, Adobe Audition. So we'll see what that can bring to things. I'm looking forward to uh, to beginning to use filters because I've used so many tracks. I think that um, beginning to incorporate filters and some other uh, tools that they have there is going to clean things up quite a bit and make make the uh, the sound superior. So now I'm trying to get into the nuts and bolts technically to um, you know bring my game up because I'm think I've pushed Audacity as as far as it can go mm-hmm. um, right now. I'm sure it can go further, but I mean as far as Track wise, I'm probably 20 tracks or 20 tracks plus per episode, um, all mixed together. And yeah, I just need to go with another more professional platform from here on out, I think. And where do you find your voice actors? Just my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just my friends. And then if uh, I wanted something specific, I have gone on on Craigslist um, and and hired an actor or two. Uh, But, you know, those are few and far between. That's more if I can't find something specific and I want something specific and the deadline's coming up, someone's dropped out. Like, oh, my God, now I just just need something uh, or someone. Uh, And I did gather or uh, garner. Someone that I worked with, this really great. I love this dude's voice, and um, he's worked with me through through some stuff. Uh, and uh, anyway, so predominantly, it's it's just my friends that that do this for free, and occasionally, it's uh, through Craigslist. And oh, and to get back to your other point, I uh, or your other question, I once hired a voice actor from uh, from L.A., and they recorded remotely i didn't realize they were from la when i hired them um and then they sent me the file i tried to put it in the mix and it just it was so obvious that it didn't you know that it didn't fit that these people were not interacting with each other i had nothing to do with it. i actually scrapped the project it wasn't based on that but that was kind of the thing that killed it it's just this is obviously it, it killed the illusion the suspension of disbelief just was not there anymore is it hard to get people to come on the show um, it's, I think it's harder to get people to stay coming. So for the first, like for a lark, you know, it's like, I imagine this is, I, I don't know how often, huh? See, again, I'm not, this is not what I, what I do. Um, it's so to get people to come initially, they think it's, they think it's fun. Like, yeah, sure. That sounds cool. And they'll, they'll show up and they'll do it. And then the next time maybe they'll show up twice. But after that, I think that, um, by and large people, I mean, they've got things to do. I don't know how often I would show up. I'd probably show up once if someone else called, if I wasn't into podcasting, like, and uh, someone kept calling me up every month to do another one. I don't know. I don't know if I would show up for it or not. So to be honest, the people that, uh, that, that, that didn't, I mean, yeah. So generally speaking, I think I've, I've found six probably six or so, maybe half a dozen, a, a core of people that are in this that are now just, I mean, I am just forever indebted to that will, that come here and are making this a possibility because they're just helping me uh, essentially achieve, 
you know, a dream of mine, which is the, to create art. So it's like, they're very much in this with me. That that's my perception of it. So I don't, don't want them to feel like I'm using them. I'm certainly not getting any money from it. Um, but I am really, really grateful, um, to people that help me do this because it's ridiculous. And, uh, they're actually, <laughs> they're grownups are reading these idiotic lines. Um, and, and they, they come back. It's like, I mean, that's the coolest thing in the world, you know? Um, so yeah, thank you to everyone that that's indented dimension or has appeared in the past or in the future. <laughs> and do you have any advice for people looking to start a podcast? Nah, you, you just, <laughs> just start doing it, you know? Um, because, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really a fan of like the DIY, the kind of punk aesthetic of, or whatever you want to call it, the kind of ethos of just just do it. I mean, it doesn't take anything. Um, you know, you can just use your computer with no mic. And if you have a subject matter that people want to listen to, they don't care. They don't, I mean, I, I've listened to podcasts that don't have the, um, you know, what production values of, I don't, whatever, you know, the, the nerdist or whatnot, or whatever a big name one is. In fact, like a lot of my favorite bands and, you know, um, film productions and stuff like that, I mean, they're, they're charming because they are just made with passion, not with money. You know, uh, when you talk about like the Stooges or the Ramones or, um, trauma films or something like that. Those are like, I love those things. And if they weren't doing it just because they have the passion to do it because they want to do it. I mean, the world would be missing something. We just had big budget stuff. I mean, that's cool, but it's like, what's the passion? Where are people doing it? Not for money. So yeah, if you have an idea and you want to do it, just open up your, your, uh, computer and start talking. And, um, it's, you could be up and running in like a night. It's not hard. Yeah, that's the thing I love so much about podcasting is just the there's such a low barrier to entry. Like back in the 90s, like me and my friends always wanted to make, you know, independent movies. But, you know, the threshold was just yeah. so high. But now with like podcasting, there's a whole community. And like if you're making a fictional show, like people understand the context of that. They'll they'll know what you're doing, <laughs> which back yeah, in the day, that never so would have been a thing. Yeah, it's like you don't know where it's going to lead to because you just have one. Like, let's say you have ideas of. I don't becoming a filmmaker or whatever. And the, I mean, just start, you can like get something free, like audacity. I mean, it's free. And then you don't even need a microphone. Like we said, and then record a track, then record a track over that. Get some, you can, you can just start. And then in a few months time, you could ideas build upon one another and you just won't believe where you're at, um, you know, down the road once you start actually, but you have to start somewhere and, the first step does not have to be big, but then you've started. It's really exciting. Yeah. That's the most important thing is starting. Like I, I always advise people, I've talked to several people and I think I've mentioned this a couple of times on this show is uh, people that want to do a full season. And I try to really discourage that and just, just do one episode and get it out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. No. And I even, I, I fell into that pitfall and I thought that I was like totally ready for it. And like, I want to do a, a series of six you know, of these, it was called like the story of the wheel, this like ill-fated project of mine. And I had, I'd been doing it for maybe a, this podcast for half a year and that it just got, it was just so elaborate. You know, I'm still in the middle of it's on indefinite hiatus, but it's like, yeah, I kind of like it. Just each episode is its own thing. And once it's done, you can just, you're done with it. You don't even have to listen to it ever again, but then that's on to the next thing, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, don't get bogged down in some massive series at the, at the beginning, you know, just each episode should be a fun kind of adventure in itself. Yeah. And what have you done to promote your podcast about how much time do you think you spend doing that? Oh man. Um, not, not in, uh, not an insubstantial amount. Um, but that's the part that makes me, that that can make me like depressed and stuff. That's like not fun. I know it's essential, but uh, for each episode, I, I you know I, I have a Facebook page, I have a Twitter page, now I have an Instagram page. I don't think anyone like follows me on uh, Twitter or Instagram or whatnot. I'm not adept at those, but I try to at least post my um uh, what from sound my SoundCloud thing on Facebook, then Twitter um, and Instagram. I I've gone with facebook ads 
Um, but as you guys were talking about last time, I don't know how hollow that is. I don't know what you're, what I'm actually achieving by putting a Facebook ad. Cause you get listens from that I found, but I just don't know if you get listeners. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? sticky. Will they come back? Right. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I don't know. I think that that's, I'm not, I'm leaving that. I, I began. So yeah, after about seven months, I posted my first like Facebook ad. And I was like, okay, let me see if I, I mean, post a Facebook ad each episode. When I put it out, I'll advertise on Facebook as well as just posting it. So I did that for maybe four episodes or something like that. And I think that, that I'm not going to do that again. This, this coming one, um, I've also done Facebook ads to not gain listens, but also to gain followers. Again, I don't, I don't know if that's just hollow or not because are they real listeners? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm still, I'm totally lost in the marketing aspect of just trying, you know, trying different things, always trying stuff. I don't know what's working. I, I don't know what's not. It's a classic marketing kind of, kind of saying, you know, I know half of my marketing efforts are working. I just don't know which half. Um, but uh, I'm going to try that overcast thing that I heard on the last podcast po- podcaster that you're speaking with. Um, uh, yeah, he, he recommended. So I, I've taken out a, an overcast ad, but I don't know. I, I don't know how, how, uh, well, at least, you know, you're advertising with overcast to podcast listeners. You know, you don't know that. Is that of, what it is? I wasn't familiar with that. Yeah. yeah what, what is that exactly? Um, I believe overcast is, um, a podcasting app, um, for the, uh, iOS platform. So like the iPhones and okay. stuff. Um, and people like it because it has, well, people have problems with the Apple podcasting client. So this one's got like more features and stuff. So you're kind of advertising to the podcast junkies, the, those hardcore listeners that you really want, that everybody wants to reach, you know, because those people are also kind of the influencers. They, they're the person that recommends good podcasts to you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's like my, my thing is so specialized. Like, I don't, oh man, like I, I might just like, after this, I don't know, foray into like marketing and just, just put out stuff and just like, wait, I, I'm, I'm kind of getting over it because the more I try, it was the same thing with trying to submit stories to um, literary mags. Like the more, once it's finished and like the creativity and stuff, it, that, that's such a blast. Just the marketing, it's like, it makes you feel bad. Me, it makes me feel no, bad. You are 100% right. Yeah, it That's is very like draining. It. And like, such, yeah, when you're putting things out there and you're experimenting with stuff and you're getting no traction, it's very discouraging. And you're already doing things you don't want to do. <laughs> right, exactly. And then, and I always love, and then when I start on another, um, you know, another episode, like, why am I, why am I doing this? And you start writing and you're like, oh, wait, no, it's because this is awesome. This is fun. Oh my God. So yeah, it's like, I want to stay rooted in what's the, the fun about it. And um yeah, marketing is a necessary evil. I definitely want to make sure I'm doing that, but I, I I don't do more than I need to because you know it's just not fun for me. So, do you keep up much with uh, the podcasting industry news? No, not at all. I don't. Even, where would you even go for that? But besides your show, um, my recommend. <laughs> oh well, yeah, we're we're just interviews, but like I I really like uh, pod news. They're relatively new and they do like a newsletter and a blog and also like a short podcast. And it's just about, you know, what's going on with Spotify or Pandora, mm-hmm. and just news. So if you're like a podcast, like if you're really into podcasts, like I suppose me, it's a good place to learn about stuff, but I'm really interested in finding maybe things that I don't know about, mm-hmm. but so far everyone's been like, eh. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I mean, in like, I think in an interview earlier today, we we're talking about, you know, even when you t- go to some of these um, podcast guru people, the people that have, you know, the courses and stuff, you know, they're, they just post those same articles over and over again about, oh, what mics you should buy. And they're all affiliate links. Like they always talk about gear because they always want those affiliate links. And it's very frustrating. Oh, is that, is that, is that kind of like the, the cryptocurrency kind of thing where it's like a, a arena or, or whatnot, a kind of a space where people are, I don't know on there because they're getting money for, for pitching stuff. Um, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you're, you know, if you were to make a, a, like a site or a blog about podcasting, you know, and you're talking about equipment, you could be like, Oh, I could use those Amazon affiliate links and then get like, I don't know mm-hmm. what it is like 10% off of people's purchases. And when you like podcasting equipment can be expensive and you think, do the math, mm-hmm. like that could be a good amount of money. And then that kind of becomes your entire site is you're just constantly recommending equipment, mm-hmm. which is pretty good for them because like a lot of podcasters have, that kind of um, they have somebody had 
I think in a previous podcast, somebody had a name for it, but like that gear addiction where you're constantly buying a new microphone or a new mixer or a condenser, there's always some new gadget. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I don't think that's going to, unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be, to be me. I just recently got like one new microphone. I think that that's, I'm good for years. I'd imagine. I think I got what I need. Yeah. So how many microphones do you use? Um, just one, um, just one. I began like thinking I was going to need a ton, you know, it's like, what, like a typical, I imagine like inspiring podcast, like you, I need like a table, right. And I need like a table and multiple like screens and stuff like that. And then, you know, all these arms with like microphones all over them. So I can have like three guests at a time and things like that. Um, so I bought, I think a kit with two, um, and ended up only using like one of those. Cause since I record one person at a time, it's like, I don't, I don't, I found that I need one microphone and I ended up getting a, a new one, but I only bought one of them. And I think that I'm going to be good with like one. So, yeah, I think it really shows there's the people that are really into gear don't really produce content. I mean, they do, but not that much. And like sure. doing the, these interviews, I've noticed the people who aren't all that into gear, they're the ones producing the content they're, I think it's another, we've talked about this on the show a couple of times now about how podcasters often procrastinate and mm-hmm. don't get started. Like people, will tell me about like, oh, I had this idea that I've been working on for like six months for a podcast. And it's like, well, put it out there. But, you know, you're kind of afraid. It's a very, it's a very vulnerable thing doing a podcast sure. and putting yourself out there. I think the gear is like one more place to kind of procrastinate because they're like, oh, I need to save up the money for that $500 microphone and then I need the <laughs> mixer. Whereas, you know, you could just go on Amazon and just my budget, what mic can I buy? Right. Yeah, exactly. And so do you yourself listen to that many podcasts? Um, yes, uh, I probably listen to too many, I probably listen to podcasts too much. I don't know if I have that big of a range. Um, I tend to listen to like Joe Rogan and, uh, the last podcast on the left, someone mentioned the dollop. I had gone, yeah, I'd binge that quite a bit that those guys are really good. Um, you know, things like, uh, how did this get made? Is it, how did this get made? I think so. Yeah. The films. Yeah, yeah, I think so. One where they make fun of like the films. That's pretty funny. Um, the art of manliness occasionally can be pretty good, uh, history unplugged. And then uh, the, the, uh, hardcore history oh, yeah, of is course, like, yeah, he's, he's amazing. Super. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, that's so good. Um, but I'm typically listening to podcasts. I don't know all, I mean, all day, essentially. Um, yeah, I need to like maybe give it a rest, <laughs> but, but it's working for you. Um, the, the, the freedom that it gives you. You're not sucked to a screen. Some of my coworkers were watching. They were watching a podcast. I don't think I've ever watched a podcast, you know, when they put it on YouTube and stuff. Um, and I guess that's a completely different way to engage with it because they'll put up like visuals. And for me, it's not that. It's like it allows me to be not only mobile because um, I can be doing different stuff. I can be going about my day. I'm going home on the bus. What I'm about to do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and listen to uh, whatever I've got lined up. Um, but also allow me to like, think uh too and then it's just not like reading but it's more if it's more of a, a mental image which is what i like which is what i'm trying to create with my show it's like a mental image there's no visual component because that's for you to create so that's why I, mean, I think it's an awesome medium yeah it's definitely very unique i mean from the podcaster to the listener and from the listener to the podcaster the relationship is very strange and i don't think that unless yeah. you've experienced it it's hard to it's hard to explain. Like it's very mm-hmm. intimate. It's, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Cause I'd never even heard of them uh, or a podcast before I even came to, to Seattle five and a half years ago. I can't believe that I've been here that long, but um, my first girlfriend that I had here, and she was like, Oh, you've got to listen to podcasts. Like, what is, what is that? I'm just not a tech person at all. And when someone says the new tech thing that I got to do, it's like, it's like, I'm not doing that. And she actually downloaded the app, put serial on it. And like, you have to listen to this. I didn't even know how to do it. Like, so it's there. Like, what do I do? I don't even know. And then we like broke up or something like that. It took me six months. And I finally was bored out of my mind one day and pushed the thing. And I ended up becoming like super passionate about it. But like, I didn't even, a lot of people don't have even a clue of what, what podcasts are. And I've been there. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. Cause I'm, we've only, it's only going to grow. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. As more more people kind of cross that threshold of not thinking that it's like some kind of geeky or weird thing, but when people start using it, it's so very natural. It's like you listen to music mm-hmm. with headphones. Okay, you can do this too. <laughs> yeah. So how do you discover new shows? 
How do I, it's like, man, I, I would say word of mouth that that's so strange and I've heard it. And that's just like the truth that word of mouth, I think is it's alive and well. I mean, that's one of the, the biggest, strongest marketing techniques there is. I mean, if it's, if you have something of value, it might take forever, but you're going to find your audience because the, the right people are going to listen eventually, and they're going to be your biggest advocates. Um, you know, I've had, I forget, I'm, I'm pretty sure someone told me about hardcore history. Um, someone definitely told me about the last podcast on the left. It took me forever to listen to both of those, but like serial, it's like, cause I don't know. I'm very, I guess, stubborn. And I don't even think it's like not even a positive way, just stubborn. Like, Oh, you have an idea that I, I'm not going to listen to that. Forget it. But it's like in my mind. And then like after a long time, then I'll like, Oh, I'll give it a shot. And then it ends up being great. You know? Um, so I would say the majority of what I listened to were, um, were recommended to me by someone that I respected. Um, there were either a friend or a family, no, generally just friends. Um, and then a couple of them, I just had an interest in the field. Like I'm a history kind of buff. I think I listened to like an extremely nerdy uh, podcast called, um, what is it? Ancient warfare podcast. Um, and there's like ancient warfare magazine podcast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just like, I just was Googling like, ancient Rome or something like that. And it came up. So just, we're not Googling, but uh, looking in the podcast app. So if I have a specific thing that I want, I will, I'll look into that. But a lot of times that's really hit or miss. I, I tend to take recommendations from people and that, that kind of is, that means it's been tempered by like, by something and generally is a, a cut above. So as a listener, do you have any podcasting pet peeves? Um, I would say, and people that don't listen to true crime, crime podcasts, because that's another thing that I've um, I didn't mention any of those. I, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, and I get I'm <laughs> I can't be too peeved at this because I'm perpetuating it since I'm a listener of it. Um, it, it seems like uh, a lot of these these I'm not going to name it because I, I I mean I'm a fan of that these guys work hard on it, um, but as this podcast grows an audience and it ha this happened to a couple of them. Um, they're really, the production values are going up. They're adding like these really thumping, like kind of uh, musical kind of scores at the beginning and things like that. But like, it, like, I don't know, like Debbie was just like, she came home and then she got like dismembered and killed and blah, blah, blah. And this goes to like music. And then like, it's like an intro, like it's cool. Like I don't, it just seems really um distasteful like you're just capitalizing off of um someone's misery uh and i just like in terms of the true crime realm i just i think that's really questionable morally um just trying to make a spectacle and cash in on someone's misery so i i i, I don't like that but then again i listen to a ton of episodes on that it's not stopping me listening that's how like a lot of like cultural mass media criticism is, you know, you recognize that I'm, I'm viewing this, but maybe it's not the best. Right. I mean, I love it's, And I don't, yeah, I, I don't even know where to begin, but yes, yes. I, <laughs> I don't stop listening. It. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's such a huge genre right now and it is so very, very engaging. Like it, it like triggers something like primal in the brain. It's storytelling. It's, mm -hmm. you know, tragic it's, it hits all the bells <laughs> right and these guys I mean, they're learning to do it really well it's like they do it effectively that's why i listen because there's so many of them but uh at the same time it's like all right maybe don't put the 911 call and cut it up and make it into a dj song it's like that's kind of like if i was to do a spoof of that that's that's kind of where my mind goes like to spoof a commercial for a true crime um uh podcast but that would be such a um, a niche kind of thing that people wouldn't understand what I was doing, but that's where I want to do. I just want to like make fun of that because it's, I mean, it's kind of shocking. Well, SNL hmm? did it with the, uh, Oh, did SNL they? Did I, it I don't watch it. Right? Did you see How that? They do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested. They, they, it was, uh, mm -hmm. it was like the podcast awards and they're spoofing and, um, they had a clip mm -hmm. from one of these true crime podcasts and the lady was talking about the person, um, being killed and how brutal it was. And then she just immediately goes to the blue apron commercial and it's all happy and chipper. <laughs> It's just like the, the jarring change of, yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, it's, it's got widespread appeal because SNL did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, that's saying I'm always looking for the commercials to do as well. So it made me off to do it because it might, might involves more just the music because it's like always these urban beat stuff that they do. Like they go directly into the urban beats right after it's like, oh my God. So, okay. Maybe, maybe next project. So it's uh, still the beginning of the year. Um, you don't have to have any, but do you have any podcasting predictions for 2019? Have no, I, no, I don't even know what that is. I'm off in my own corner doing, working on stuff that no one's going to listen to. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I absolutely yeah, love your, your dentist dimension. It is so great. Um, how can people find your show? It's on ever. I mean, just anything it's on, uh, just <laughs> See, I'm going to try to do what I don't put on my my episodes. I mean, like us on Facebook. I think we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we're on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, uh, what the other, TuneIn, uh, whatever. I mean, whatever normal people are on, minus Spotify, we're on. And it's DentedDimensions.com, right? Yeah, I think it has a webpage too, but I've... I, I don't. I haven't even updated that. So yeah, dentaddimension.com. But yeah, the the podcast is called Dented Dimension. Oh, I had, I, I pluralized it. Sorry. <laughs> I'll have the correct links in the show notes though. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. No. It's totally. Um. You're like number. You're like ground. Your number fan number one, man. When you actually like liked my the page, I was like, and I saw like, oh, that's one of my friends. You know, it's the guy who lives in Seattle now. I looked at you like, no, don't know that guy. And it was from <laughs> when you had like long hair, like, oh yeah, with a big beard and. <laughs> I don't know if you had a beard, but I was like. Okay. Okay. So this guy's just crazy. So he likes my show and I don't know him and he lives here. Okay. This guy's nuts. But then I met you and you're definitely not nuts, man. I really, uh, really appreciate the opportunity, dude. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, man. Of course, dude. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Seth, for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. And once again, I love your show. Um, to everyone listening, go out there, take a listen to Dented Dimension. Um, it is very unique, very creative. Um, it is going to be an experience unlike anything you probably have uh, heard before. Um, it may not be your cup of tea, but I'm sure some of you out there that you will you will get hooked just like I was. If you want to know more about Dented Dimension, the links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Seattle Podcasters Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Rigdon. I hope to talk to you again soon. The Seattle Podcasters Podcast is a production of the Seattle Podcasters Guild. You can find more information about the Seattle Podcasters Guild or this podcast by visiting seattlepodcasters.com. This show has been hosted and produced by me, Jason Rigdon. Our theme song was Stringed Disco by Kevin McLeod. Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.